The following podcast was recorded on Tuesday, October 11th, 2022, featuring Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at biancoresearch.com or arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Handler directly at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Trading at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Talking Data. I'm your host, Kristen Radish with Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by our commentator, Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me. Today, Jim will answer the question, what's missing from the Fed's argument? Jim, is transitory still alive? You know, it actually appears that it might be, and this is what's kind of driving the entire debate. I got two charts, and let me start with the chart. So for the first chart, that black line you're looking at is the CPI rate. So you could see it dipped down during the pandemic, and then it soared to 9%, you know, in the last couple of months, and it's come down. Now, there's all these colored lines like spaghetti coming off the chart. That is a survey done every month of about 70 economists from Bloomberg. And they ask them, what do you think the inflation rate will be for the next six quarters? So it just shows you the median estimate for the next six quarters. And what that shows you is at every moment, economists think that this is the peak. Wherever inflation is, even before the pandemic, it's going straight back to 2% a year. And they still think that it's going to peak, and they have since it for a year and a half since we hit 3% on its way to nine, that this is the peak and it's gonna go back to 2%. In other words, oh, before I go on any further, the next chart shows you the same thing for the central banks. Now this is a little messier, but it gets the point across. The central banks project, or the dot chart, the dot plot from the Fed projects PCE, personal consumption expenditure inflation. So not CPI, but PCE. And they ask every quarter, everybody, and this is the median estimate, same thing. Each colored line shows you that wherever the inflation rate is, is measured by PCE, it's going to go right back to 2%. So what does this tell us? This tells us that the economists and the Fed somehow still think that inflation is this one-time event because of the reopening of the economy that caused a surge in prices, that surge in prices will end, and then everything will go back down to 2%. If that is the case, then you could make the case that what the Fed is doing is overdoing it. We don't need this aggressive amount of monetary tightening, all these rate hikes, if it is to just stop a one-time event in inflation that has to do with an extraordinary circumstance being the reopening of the economy. But if you believe that inflation is persistent, and it's going to last a little bit longer, then it's justified in order to do these types of moves. There's still no agreement at the Fed. What are your thoughts? Yes, and this is the problem. I have argued that what Chairman Powell should be doing is giving a speech and saying, what is the long-term outlook for inflation? Where should it go? Why do we think it's going to either go back to 2% like these these charts I just showed you, or it's going to be more persistent? Pick one, Jay, and make the argument. He doesn't. Well, why doesn't he do that? And as a matter of fact, when he has the perfect opportunity to do that, which would be the Jackson Hole speech, because that's where you're supposed to talk about big picture kind of ideas, 
he gives an eight-minute speech that says we're not going to pivot. And yeah, that's an important speech, but all of the speeches you hear from Fed governors are very short-term. We're going to raise rates at the next meeting. We're not going to pivot. They're just talking about what's immediately ahead. Where's the big picture speech? They can't agree. I personally believe that one, they're unwilling, first of all, to admit they made a mistake last year by using the word transitory and then inflation was a bunch of, you know, um, uh, it was a, was a bunch of calendar effects and stuff, other stuff that was going to fade and they don't want to admit that they made a mistake. But two, I've also argued, I don't think there's an agreement at the Fed. If you were to sit down and ask him, what is the outlook for inflation? I think you'd have Jay Powell, this is my opinion, Jay Powell, maybe Chris Waller, Jim Bullard saying, no, we have a persistent inflation problem, which means we have to raise rates. I think Lael Brainerd and the Fed staff, they're thinking, no, this is just a po uh, artifact of the reopening of the economy and it's a temporary thing and it's gonna go away. So they don't agree. Now, Jay's the chairman, so they he gets what he wants and that's why we're having aggressive rate hikes. But if Lael Brainerd was actually picked as chairman last year, we'd have a far, far different monetary policy right now. So I think part of the problem is they don't want to admit mistake last year because the Fed's infallible, they never admit mistake. But more importantly, they can't agree on where inflation is going to go. And one thing about inflation, Don Cohen, who was a Fed governor until 2017, uh, gave a speech at the Brookings Institute in late 2017. And he said that the Fed, this was 2017, four years before the pandemic and everything, the Fed has no working theory on inflation. He was correct. And, and in defense of the Fed, the reason they have no working theory on inflation, and this is hard for people to understand, it's the single hardest thing in economics to project. I know people think it's really easy. Oh, when the economy goes well, the inflation rate goes up. When you kill the economy, inflation rate goes down. We've got supply chain issues. We've got demand issues. Too much money chasing too few goods, as Milton Friedman said. Put it all in the mix. It's real easy to predict inflation. It actually isn't. It actually is, as most economists who are honest would tell you, we still don't really fully understand the dynamics of what causes inflation. That's why the Fed is focused on this idea of inflation expectations. How do people feel about inflation? Is the mentality of inflation becoming entrenched? That's the word they've used. I've actually argued, I don't think that's a thing. I don't think that in expect, expectations are, what is the inflation rate, it's 8%? Well, I expect inflation. Is the inflation rate 1%? I don't expect inflation. It's no more complicated than that, but they're trying to make it out to be more than it is because we don't have a real good theory for it. That's fine. You're not supposed to have a theory for it, but when you act like the Fed, that I've got everything figured out to the fourth decimal place, when you really don't, that's when you really have run into trouble. And of course the Fed can't really say this. So we're struggling to understand what this inflation is all about. And we think we understand it, but it is far more complicated than everybody thinks. Pivot Talk will not stop. What's the latest on that? Yeah, so with Pivot Talk, this is the problem. Jay doesn't give a speech laying out the long-term view. Most people think it's an artifact of, of the reopening of the economy, a bulge, and it goes away. So they conclude, Jay, you're making a mistake. Stop raising rates. Pivot, as we like to say. That's the word that we're using for it now, because they can't understand what he's doing. 
and they see that financial markets are in upheaval because of these rate hikes, and they further get angry and mad and say, you've got to stop doing this. And so this is kind of the, the tension that's within markets. And this is why we constantly get all this pivot talk every time either markets have a decent couple of days or a few weeks, that's it, the Fed's going to stop because this is what's been killing the market. Or if we beat on um, some numbers or excuse me, excuse me, if we miss on some inflation numbers, it says that's it, the inflation rate really is going to decelerate. Then we start with the pivot talk all over again. I think it would behoove of the Fed to get everybody off this short term. Are we going to raise 75 basis points at the next meeting? Are you going to pivot? And maybe have a bigger, bigger discussion. What is the long-term outlook for inflation? For those that have been listening to me, my argument has been that inflation is going to be more persistent longer term than people think. Yes, I believe that 9% was the high in inflation. Yes, I believe it's going to decelerate because of falling commodity prices and everything else. No, I don't think it's going to 2%. I think it's going to go to four or three and a half or five or somewhere higher than two, which means that the interest rates are going to be at a permanently higher rate. Multiples on risk markets like the stock market are going to have to compress, which is what they've been doing. That's a fancy way of saying the stock market has to go down. And why do I think that inflation is going to be persistent? Because the the four big drivers of inflation have been cheap goods, the tension with China, look at the chip war that we're having with them and how the semiconductor stocks are getting crushed again as we speak as evidence that the idea that China is just going to keep churning out cheap stuff, putting it on boats and sending it to us to keep the inflation rate down, that era might be over. The cheap labor era the idea that we're going to continue to have globalization and find ever cheaper people to do things in third world countries, or that management has the upper hand over labor in the United States, I think that era is over, which is why you're seeing the great resignation, quiet quitting, and the big raises in um, wage inflation, because employers, employees feel like they've got the upper hand. So cheap labor is gone, cheap energy. That's primarily a Europe thing. Europe has survived with its heavy regulations and high taxes because Russia has been pumping cheap energy in the form of natural gas and everything else into their country to keep everything you know, offset with those other higher costs. That era is over. Those that think that somehow, someday we're gonna wake up and Vlad's gonna say, I'm sorry, my bad, we're pulling out of Ukraine and Germany's gonna say, we're all good now, turn the spigots back on and start sending the natural gas. That era is not going to happen again. They just blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. Somebody blew up the Nord Stream pipelines. That, that era of cheap energy is not over. Now, there's a fourth, and that is technology making things more efficient. I'll grant that that still exists, but that's not enough to offset the loss of cheap goods, cheap labor, and cheap energy. And that, that's why I think the inflation rate is peaked and it's going to go to 4%. And when interest rates get to, into the four handles, they're just at neutral. Neutral is no longer around one, it's around four. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think this is the starting point for the real debate. Where are we in the long-term picture? I think the cycle changed with the pandemic. Uh, maybe it hasn't, but let's have that long-term debate. 
Otherwise, people keep scratching their head going, why are we doing this? Why don't we pivot? Jay, please stop doing this. And we keep convincing ourselves he's going to stop at the next moment, only to get disappointed over and over again with all this pivot talk. Jim, thank you for your thoughts today, and thank you everyone for joining us. If you have any questions on Arbor Research, Bianca Research, or Arbor Data Science, you can contact us by emailing Gus Handler at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. Thanks everyone. Have a great week.